0: hello and welcome to housing developments i'm jerry howard and i'm jim tobin hey jerry how you doing I'm doing okay jim i know uh, both of us are looking forward to a little rest and uh recovery this week yep. you're headed down snorkeling with your family in the florida keys yep. and i've seen that movie dead calm yeah <laughs> that's all i'll say about that I, on the other hand, am making, hopefully it'll be my final trip to Disney for a while, um, but my daughter, Megan, who's graduating from high school, headed to college, is uh, I've taken her there for her graduation trip. It's the happiest place on earth. Well, hopefully, hopefully it will be. <laughs> that's right. Um, anyway, that's what, that's what we're up to. I wanna uh, wish everybody a happy Passover and a, a blessed Easter this is a time of the year for everyone to celebrate the spring and everything that that hope brings forward for us and uh speaking of celebrating jim nhb has a victory to celebrate this week uh our court case over the eviction moratorium
1: yeah uh it really one of the (laughs) really highlighting the the value of membership but jerry you're right our our legal team led by jim rizzo and, and tom ward uh, a huge victory in uh, in 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 the state in the ohio district court the federal court there uh, challenging on behalf of uh, nhb's members the uh, the trump cdc eviction moratorium that was put in place last fall um and uh, and
0: put in place last fall but it was just extended by the biden administration yeah the, yeah it was yeah, yeah just month, so uh, this isn't just a uh, us taking on Trump. We, we take on the world for our members.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you know this uh, you know better than I do. Uh, one one of the challenges, Look, we 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 have, uh, you know, every, it's just a year now that the uh, the, the pandemic hit. Uh, obviously, we saw many uh, millions of our of our fellow Americans struggle with, with lost wages, uh, unemployment, uh, even even despite government help. You know, trying to to find a way forward with their families. Uh, Who who lost lost a lot of their income uh, and and needed help, whether it's mortgage forbearance or 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 and or help with uh, with with rental uh, help, rental assistance, and and we we believe that we need to help people stay in their apartments uh, and their homes. This is not the time to see people turned out. However. Uh, one of the challenges we have was that we thought that the, the Trump administration and the CDC in particular exceeded their given authority to issue this eviction moratorium, which in a lot of ways it puts, puts our members in a really tough spot. Uh, they've got mortgages to pay on their own apartment buildings. They've got maintenance. They've got staff. Uh, and when uh, rent wasn't co- isn't coming in, uh, it makes it hard for us to, as businessmen and women, uh, to provide the services to keep people in their in, in safe, decent, affordable rental housing. So, uh, like we said, it was it was a poorly crafted decision, a poorly crafted rule by by the CDC. And now we've now seen Trump do it. We've seen, as you said, the Biden administration extend it until the end of June. Uh, but the good news is, the good news is is that our our legal team uh, won that victory you talked about, and any HB members are no longer bound by the CDC eviction moratorium.
0: That, that is absolutely incredible. And, and you know, it, it bears the mentioning to our listeners that Jim got a phone call from one of his counterparts here in town and other lobbyists for the multifamily industry who called Jim and said, hey, nice victory for you guys. Thanks for making my job harder. Well, our job isn't necessarily to make his job harder or make life for his members any worse. But our job is to make life for our members better. And we're very proud of our legal team and what they did uh, in this effort. So uh, kudos to Jim Rizzo and Tom Ward and the legal team, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, and and, and I want to make sure, Jerry, you you know this, uh, you know, our members are, you know, they provide a, a basic necessity of life. They are compassionate men and women. Um, and, and, and through our work over the course of the last year, we, we were able to, to work with uh, the, the previous administration, this administration and Capitol Hill in order to get tens of millions of dollars in rental assistance. And, and, and we are absolutely encouraging our members to keep working through their state and local authorities who are seeing this money flow from the Treasury Department to them so they can help their, their, their tenants stay in, they can help pay back rent, uh, so that the landlords can be caught up. so again, those maintenance projects and those staff can get paid. So there is help out there to keep people in. Uh, so I want to make sure that you know there's a holistic picture for for not only not only tenants but also landlords here uh, about help that's coming from the federal government and this eviction moratorium, again, the wrong way to go about keeping people in their homes uh, and, and there are met there are methods that we're going to take advantage of to make sure that that, that they stay in.
0: That, that's exactly right. And the other thing I want to point out is is, how impressed I have been uh, reading the statistics and the number of American renters uh, and mortgage holders, mortgage ease who, who have been paying their debts. And even through the crisis recognize not just the legal obligation, but the moral obligation uh, that they have. And that I think has kept our financial system from going into complete collapse during this pandemic. Yes. So uh, I'm very, very, very impressed with that Uh, And I'm impressed with the compassion um, that people who hold this debt, whether it's landlords or whether it's banks, uh, have shown to our members who've been uh, a little bit behind in making some of their payments on their properties uh, and our members in showing compassion for their tenants. uh, It's the way um, our system and our country is supposed to work. And as we're starting to turn the corner on this, um, I think there are so many untold American heroes in the financial system that have uh, stopped this from being what could have been a catastrophic event.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you remember in, in 2008 and nine and ten and eleven the foreclosure crisis that we had, whether it was multifamily properties or we saw it obviously in, in the single family ownership side, we've we've avoided that cat- catastrophe to use your word uh, this time around. I think that's going to bode as well as we, as you, you mentioned, start to come out of this. Hope hope springs eternal in the springtime. Uh, between vaccines and the economy. So optimistic.
0: You know, let's switch gears for a second. Um, Today's headline in the Washington Post is calling for uh, a a trillion dollars or more in spending uh, for infrastructure and for what they call safety net programs. Um, What exactly do you know about what the administration is proposing? And the question that automatically pops to mind is, Good Lord, who's going to pay for it? Yeah, uh, well, uh, this is going to come from and can they raise taxes enough to cover this?
1: Well, you know, it's boy, this this is so multifaceted. Yeah. So if anything, the pandemic is is done is is has expanded the role of government. Obviously, we've seen, you know, four, five, six trillion dollars already spent in the under the banner of of coronavirus and saving the economy and, and saving people's lives. And I think we all agree, money, money well spent. But now we are about to shift, I believe, under the banner of coronavirus into this large infrastructure package and additional spending. Uh, we t- there was a lot of press uh, about this last package that the Biden administration passed containing a lot of social safety net programs. Again, kind of outside the coronavirus uh, that we saw, or coronavirus response we saw over the last year. And, and they're gonna accelerate into that notion that we need to expand the federal government spending. Look, I'm all for infrastructure is home builders. We are an end user of that product. We want people to get efficiently from their homes uh, to the, their places of work, to the ball fields where their kids play to the in the schools where their kids go. We, we want an efficient system, but trillions of more dollars. We may need it, but how are we gonna spend it, Jerry? You said that and I'm afraid tax increases are on the table.
0: Well, I think you're right. The Post actually refers to um, the administration using uh, the coronavirus pandemic as a way of reinstituting an era of big government. You know, you and I have been around long enough to remember that Bill Clinton was elected as a Democrat who called for smaller government. And President Obama came in and said, let's make the government a little bigger and was stopped and thwarted at every turn. And now all of a sudden, the left wing of the Democratic Party seems to have taken control both in the administration uh, and on the Hill. And they are really driving a strong, strong turn to the left, which will be interesting to see if the American people really wanna go that far left. How much of your weekly paycheck are you willing to give to the federal government?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're clearly focusing on on the rich. Uh, I, I think Joe Biden said it's anybody making more than $400,000 a year. And I don't know if that's single or, or a married couple. Uh, we're going to see investments get taxed. They're talking about taxing cor- uh, capital gains at, at ordinary rates rather than at at, at, low, at lower rates. Uh, we're talking about raising the corporate rate from, from 21% up to as high as 28%. Uh, higher taxes on, on the high earners, like I said, you know, from, from now 36% up to over 39%, which is going to hit many of our members who are sole proprietors and, and, and pay taxes, not on the corporate side, but on the individual side. Um, carried interest uh, is, is a big issue for our multifamily members. 1031 uh, like-kind of exchanges, again, a very valuable tool in real estate transactions. Those may be taxed. Um, we've got our, our, our work cut out for us uh, through this year, and and again, they're talking about using budget reconciliation, an archaic word that you know mostly only people inside the beltway understand a little bit of, but they're talking about squeaking things through with 50 or 51 votes rather than try to build consensus.
0: Well, and that's exactly what that means. Budget reconciliation is a way um, that the party in power when it does not have an idea that they can sell across the board, uses uh, to control the debate, and force uh, force uh, laws through that are not fully debated, they're not fully considered, um, and that's bad for the country. It's bad for it's bad politics, it's bad business, um, and something needs to be done about that. It's uh, it, it it adds to the polarization uh of congress and the polarization of our society
1: yeah i mean uh you know it's 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 always easier to tax the other guy's money right uh, and and this is a case where um you know we're it's going to have to dip in the middle class i mean we're not talking about broadening the base we're, we're really talking more about uh, just redistributing more wealth uh and and look and that's a philosophy there's a lot of people that agree with that let's let's take from uh, you know, the, the, the wealthy and in, in, in the middle class and spread it down to the lower lower classes are we have a progressive tax code for that reason. Uh, but boy, it's going to there, there's a there's a lot of danger out there. Uh, never mind, Jerry, never mind what our friend and colleague Rob Dietz will tell you is the real fear about more debt load on the United States. Interest rates are already creeping up in the last month. And if you want to talk about something, we've talked about this on other podcasts, it's really going to cool down a, a, a hot housing market. It's interest rates. Never mind housing affordability, which is uh, off the charts, or I guess it's, it's through the floor if you think about affordability. But interest rates, uh, boy, that's, that's going to really cool off the market.
0: Yeah, you know, speaking of, of housing affordability, again, referring to um, the Washington Post. Um, but yesterday there was a, 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 a in the local section, Um, uh, An editorial written by someone in in Montgomery County, Maryland, one of the out uh, suburbs in in Washington, calling for housing affordability and basically saying the best way to get housing affordability is to take the pricing of housing out of the hands of the developers, that housing has been priced by developers for too long and that we need to take control of it. Hmm. The, the headline in the article was uh, it was housing affordability is a confusing issue. Yeah. Uh, we've responded to it. We'll see if they publish it or not. But um, uh, the, the, the the misnomer uh, that our members are the ones who set the price of housing uh, with um, uh, the infrastructure costs put solely on the developer through impact fees uh, with the rising labor costs and the inability to find labor. And and they say that it's all on our fault. The American people deserve decent, safe and affordable housing, but they have to understand the way to get there is to work with those who provide it, not against us.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's crazy. I mean, so now we're gonna socialize housing. Uh, you know I think uh, I, I think we've seen what happens when you socialize housing yeah it's just again like you said not, not only confusion but ignorance of what it takes to build a house in America the, the costs involved and the role of government in that price and if this you know, gentleman or, or, or woman would, would care to, to sit down with us I'm sure we'd have a, a fine conversation and, and I bet I bet uh, we could change their mind
0: it would be uh, it would be fun to have the talk anyway it would be fun. If people from different perspectives talked to one another, uh, but unfortunately, in the day and age we live in right now, it's, uh, uh, it just doesn't happen. It, it's more like shouting and cursing rather than uh, trying to reason and compromise. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be an interesting spring, uh, no doubt about it. We'll uh, we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, the Democrats can have their work cut out for them in the in the in the Congress. Um, you know, we're going to be right in the forefront with uh, talking about housing affordability and, and lumber continues to be uh, to, 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 to lead the way I, I'm proud to tell you Jerry that we've had uh, about 1900 members of ours contact Congress about about uh, about uh, lumber prices and, and anybody who's listening if, if you haven't checked your email, I'll look for an email last week, uh, we'll send another one out another reminder. Uh, But 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 please contact your member of Congress and talk to them about lumber prices, what you're seeing out there. This is the number one issue facing uh, the industry right now. And uh, and it's going to continue continue on until we get the the government to pay attention to it.
0: And and we are starting to get some traction. We are starting to get policymakers to take notice. Uh, And just as importantly, the press. We've been getting some really strong media on it uh, in newspapers, down in Atlanta, TV stations in Chicago and Dallas and uh, some of the national networks are now saying, what the heck is going on with these lumber prices? And um, that will at least force uh, the, the lumber barons uh, to come out of their, um, uh, their gazillion dollar mansions and talk to people and realize uh, that, that while they're profiting, uh, the economy is, is teetering and getting ready to collapse again.
1: Yeah, that's right. We we have we we have the, the lumber companies have got to increase production, plain and simple. We can't hear stories about mills that are going down for six weeks. Uh, we we have got to produce and we've got to process every saw log that we can. I know our friends in the logging industry are cutting them as fast as they'll. They'll, they'll take them. Uh, we can't be shipping them overseas. I mean, that's the other thing I'm hearing. China's China's, uh, you know, the, 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 the next big, big market, if not already a big market. We need to tell our our trade partners, hey, cut your own logs on your own continent. We've got a need right here. Um, and, and, you know, I'm not you know, I'm, I'm as capitalistic as anybody. But, man, we need to think about America first here. And I know Joe Biden and Donald Trump both agree with that.
0: Well, I'll tell you a story. I talked to uh, one of our members out in in the Pacific Northwest in Idaho uh, last week who told me that he is seeing trees cut down in Idaho, moved on to the trucks, and transported straight north across the Canadian border. Now, it seems to me those trees are then going to Canadian sawmills and probably shipped to China. Yeah. And that, to me, that's absolutely appalling. Agreed agreed anyway no. you go down to Florida Jim and uh, see if you can see over down there that we can uh, with <laughs> yeah. uh, and I will be um, enjoying myself with my family in Disneyland I hope I'll, I won't have to go ever go back after this time <laughs> I, I <love laughs> I'll tell, tell Mickey and Minnie and the gang we said hello I, I will do that and uh, you take care so Jim for now this is Jerry Howard this is Jim Tobin
1: take care, take care everybody <music>